Brock Purdy timeline updated and good news on the recovery for one Brock Purdy. Does that mean he's a shoe in for the starting job? Does Trey Lance even have a chance? What about Sam Darnold? What about their play so far in OTAs? All coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers. We'll be talking with our weekly guest, Mr. Nicholas Winkler, on tomorrow's program and uh, getting into some more undrafted free agent prospects in the deep dive scouting reports. And, uh, of course, everything going on with your San Francisco 49ers as we get ready for the 2023 season. We also got to rewatch, and maybe we could tee this up for something that's coming up soon. Or right, we are going to go back and watch Kyle Shanahan's offense with the Atlanta Falcons, and then you know, kind of go back, watch some games from last year, and just try to find okay, what exactly was the difference? Because I know in my head, I just have this super high power throwing the ball all around, throwing the ball down the field, and that's kind of what you remember. But a lot of times, you kind of see highlights and things like that, so. It's going to be fun going back and watching it and then maybe seeing, hmm, this actually looks just like the 49ers offense. And again, I don't know if it is, but I can't wait to go back, watch that, and then kind of relay the information, what we find to our listeners on what the difference is, or is it very similar? And on a similar note, I want to talk a little bit about the the 2017 end of year Jimmy G, because I went back and watched that recently. And uh, just just to remind myself what that looked like uh, a little bit earlier in the offseason, I did that. And I think that uh, correlates to something else that we're going to talk about here with OTAs and some of the drills and some of the, uh, the quarterbacks the 49ers have now. And, you know what? Yeah, it's like the, the vibe is and I know the numbers were very different for Matt Ryan's Atlanta Falcons uh, with under Kyle Shanahan. But how different did it look is what I want to know. Like the numbers right. were clearly different, but how like how different was it really? So, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun episode night. I'm glad you reminded me because I did not have that in my notes. And now that is officially written in ink on my notepad. Uh, Croc, the latest from 49ers beat writer Matt Mayoko in an article at NBA, uh, NBC Sports. I want to throw A's on everything. Uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. The recent vibe coming out of 49ers headquarters suggests a belief Brock Purdy is the favorite to be the team's starting quarterback when the season opens September 10th at the Steelers. He goes on to say, Brock Purdy began a throwing regulation NFL football. Uh, he been, you, let's see. He began throwing the regulation NFL football May 29. If the anticipated 12-week ramp-up program holds true, he would receive full clearance on or around August 21st or 20 days before the regular season opener. Now, look, it's not any breaking news that the vibe coming out of the 49ers headquarters is that Brock Purdy is the favorite to be the team starting quarterback because they've told us that they said he's the leader in the club. I was like, so, so we know that, but I think the update here on the timeline that's pertinent crock is that everything has gone as good as possible for his recovery so far. So unless there's any setbacks and as long as his arm is where it was before, and he'll have a chance to showcase that in practice uh, some point before the season, then there's really no time, right. For anybody to take the job away from him. Yeah, no, I, I think our biggest question was, will he have any time prior to week one, right? Because the original timeline kind of had him 
available right at week one. It's like, man, this guy, you know, okay, he's been throwing a little bit, but how much has he been throwing? Has he been live for you to kind of clear him? And then, all right, it's going to be 100% all out. You didn't get any time in any preseason games or anything like that. But we're going to throw you in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers with TJ Watt on the opposite side. And we know what he does to guys. As a matter of fact, I mean, that's that's scary well, in itself because this guy comes Watt versus Colton McKivitz getting his oh. the, the brand new starter at, at right tackle for the 49ers, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't think are about 49 that. fans familiar with tj watt they better be dude is i think as a pure pass rusher he's better than nick bosa he he is arguably arguably because there's three guys right there's nick bosa uh miles garrett and then T, and then why and then now michael parsons as he starts to be a full-time edge but uh those are the as dudes far as like the big dogs right like who've been doing it nick bosa Miles Garrett and why and, and what you could anybody you can ask 10 people and you can get 10 different combinations of what those top three are. But a lot of people would say why is maybe arguably like the best edge rusher. So, uh, you know, we're worried about the recovery of the elbow. Hopefully it's 100 percent because that guy is coming around that corner, especially if he's going against uh, uh, Colt McGivitz. And that's that side. Right. So. Yeah. First snap since, you know, him getting hurt. And now he did play some snaps after that in the NFC Championship game. But that's, you know, the strong side. That's the side where his arm is. Is Brock Purdy going to be comfortable stepping up? And that will be the first game, if he doesn't play any preseason games, that he'll be on the field since then. So that that's where things get a little bit dicey. Even that early in the process being cleared, how much will they have seen? How much work? The big question, I still don't know, and we'll find out in training camp, is how much work will he get in training camp you know how many what sort of um what sort of drills and you know activities during training camp when he's not fully cleared you know he's he's going to have a colored jersey on and he's going to be no contact and he's not going to do 11 on 11 stuff with pass rush I'm, I'm pretty sure of that until he's 100 cleared but you know what other drills is he doing is there enough for him to show that he's ready mentally and and clearly ahead of the other guys so that'll be a big question for me I think that could be the case with Brock Purdy, where he probably could, like, he could do everything, but he's not 100% cleared for full on contact. So I think he'll be throwing the ball. He's able to throw to all levels of the field. He's able to throw the ball down the field. They're just going to check and make sure, hey, does he have any elbow pain? Okay, let's give him a day off. Okay, bring him back. He's doing everything full. And then when they feel like, all right, he can throw 100 passes without any type of pain or anything, then, okay, you're full go. And right. he'll go in practice in training camp. First of all, at the professional level and college level, high school as well, you cannot touch the quarterback. No. So he can be full go in team without, you know, be worrying about somebody like hitting the ball out of his hand and messing his elbow up. And that's something I'm always scared of when it comes to quarterbacks. But, uh, but I think we need to put him in there just in case someone falls nah. and slips and gets, you know, because you never know. Little, you know, incidental contact that happens to at practice. So the, the, he would never get into that um, into that practice mode unless he's fully cleared. Is there anything you're worried about with him? I, I like because when I think of Brock Purdy, I don't think there's anything I'm worried about. Like maybe if he was like a a power thrower, right? And it's like, hey man, if you lose a little bit of that fastball, like you're kind of a shell of yourself. Like think well, about like a a, a super athletic wingman in basketball and he kind of loses a step like and then now all of a sudden it's like well do i have to i'm not really a jump shooter right uh 
I don't think his game is predicated on being a power thrower. So even if it does kind of like there's a tick down on just the velocity he's able to throw with, I still think he's going to be fine because I don't think that's what made Brock Purdy good. Uh, I would disagree there because I don't think he has enough. He doesn't have enough arm to lose anymore. I would say because it, it, like he would still be okay. It's not like he wouldn't have a career anymore if he lost a couple miles per hour. But he's already teetering on the edge of man. If you don't have all your cleats in the ground and you don't have your base on you, um, throws can float and and you know you can't be late. So you got to be on time with everything because you can't power through. He's already kind of in that range anyway. So if he loses miles per hour on his fastball, um, does that sort of start to take away some of the digs and some of the deeper intermediate stuff where where he's still able to put enough on it? You know, and does he just become like a true, true dink and dunk guy? Right? Well, this guy's kind of a backup because he just can't make enough throws. That would that would worry me a little bit. Okay. So I don't, I, know. I, would, I, just don't, I don't think his game is like when I watch him is timing, rhythm, some play action stuff, not really driving the ball, not really the drive throws. Even when he does throw the ball down the field, it's not like think about the touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. Like it's like, okay, I got to get it out there. I'm about to take a hit. I just have to kind of get it out there. Right. Uh, the touchdown to George Kittle with Ray Ray McLeod fighting for the ball. It's like, I just kind of have to get it out there, but it's not throws where it's like, man, I have to put this on a frozen rope to the only spot. And I'm talking about like really drive a throw in between people and, you know, uh, a layered throw. Like that's not really how he was, was winning. And when I say winning, I just mean on a down and down basis. It was all, everything else, just slants. I'm going to throw it in a good spot. You know, dig. Okay. I'm going to throw it with nice timing and everything. And the ball is going to be there. Uh, you know, check downs, you know, I'm accurate. I'm going to put it on the guy. Like it, it was just, a, it was a lot of that. And I don't know if a tick down in his arm strength is going to affect the way that he necessarily played last year. I think I think he'd still be, uh, you know, 67% completion percentage guy, still throw, I mean, you know, still give guys the yards at the catch opportunities. I, I don't know how much it will hurt him because that's not – his game just isn't predicated on velocity. I would say there's a few throws where he's he's kind of given it some effort. And there's some zip on the passes in the intermediate area, and it's and it's it's good arm strength for those throws. And I, I wouldn't want those throws to take longer, I especially with those tight windows. I mean, we saw the Jimmy or Garoppolo interceptions and and some of the darts he threw. And I don't think people give Jimmy Garoppolo enough credit for some of the small windows he was hitting because teams know it's coming. Like they've got the robber coming down, they know that dig route's coming. They throw it more than any other route on the uh, in the offense, you know. So they know it's coming, and you're gonna have to throw it between three dudes, and you have to hit a spot. And the more zip you have, the better. And and even the deep balls, I mean, he can throw like, you know, not a crazy deep ball. He's not throwing the Josh Allen 60 air yards deep yeah, balls, no. you know, <laughs> off time or anything like that. But he can get up early and throw it, and it's on it's it's got a nice touch and it's it's where it needs to go, right? But again, if he's a little bit late on that and uh or if he if he's uh, his base is a little off and he's moved off a spot and he doesn't have all his his cleats in the ground, then that's where uh, you worry a little bit about Brock Purdy and, and his ceiling as just a, a pure thrower. And if he loses from there, that I, I think that could be potentially a problem. I'd be more worried about Josh Allen losing velocity than Brock Purdy. Cause he relies on it more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. Cause see, that's the thing is he can wait a tick longer cause he can get it there a tick quicker. Right. Um, okay. Next a uh, little bit more on Brock Purdy, the timeline there, what it means. Can he get in a preseason game potentially? And if that's a wrap and Trey Lance and some of the, uh, the drills, and I want to talk a little bit about Shanahan, the way he coaches up his, his quarterbacks and a little bit of the, um, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff as well. 
next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by uh, FanDuel. Yes, it is FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. How about some... NFL futures. How about this? How about regular season special bets for the San Francisco 49ers? Nick Bosa to record 15 plus sacks in the regular season. Uh, the 49ers to score one plus touchdown in every regular season game. McCaffrey to score 10 plus rushing touchdowns during the regular season. Brock Purdy to throw 30 plus passing touchdowns in the regular season. Tons of those. Uh, you can bet on week one. Niners favored by three at Pittsburgh. So many ways to bet. So many sports to bet. And of course, all the playoff action. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Uh, so Brock Purdy's timeline and, and Matt Mayoko's article goes on to say, again, you can find it at NBCSports.com slash Bay Area. If his road to full recovery stays true to the 12 week time frame, he would receive full medical clearance to play football around August 21st, 20 days before the start of the 2023 NFL season. And so and that's the other part of this that's like, you know, still gray area. Uh, th this is a relatively new procedure. We don't have a lot of data on exactly when players come back. And uh, right now they're on the you know most aggressive timeline for, for Brock Purdy. And it was sort of a quote-unquote six-month timeline. But if you break it down into weeks instead of months, you're actually gaining a few days if you're just looking at it from 24 weeks, you know, six, four-week stages. And the first half was uh, the first part was like, you know, he's got the brace on, can't move it. Then he works on mobility. And now he's in the second half of that. And the, and the final 12 week time frame is him building up his arm and, and his throwing program. So that's where he's at right now. And so if it was just straight 24 months, that would be August 21st, which puts him a couple days fully cleared before the final preseason game, which is August 25th at home against the, chargers in the second preseason game is on the 19th so i mean maybe even if he's ahead of schedule could be 100 cleared by the the broncos second preseason game i mean uh, and look i don't know if he would get any pre i don't know if they would put him in the game even if he was 100 cleared and again it goes back to training camp how much did he practice all camp and but kyle shanahan has said that his understanding was once brock purdy's 100 that's it there's no like worry of ramping up from there no worry about like 
more injury risk of getting hit, all that stuff. Once you're clear and you're 100%, you're done, and that's it. And so that's where it's like, okay, so – and I'm trying to think. So if you're going to play Brock Purdy in the final preseason game, you're going to want your starters in there blocking for him, right? So I can't remember the third preseason game with the new three preseason game format, Croc. Did the 49ers have starters out there in preseason game number three? Oh, I remember. That was the Houston Texans game. And they did have some starters out there, but their their tackles didn't start. So there was no McGlinchey there. And I mm. want to say maybe, maybe McGlinchey was coming off of an injury, but there was no McGlinchey and there was no there was no uh Trent Williams. And that was the game where I was like, this dude, Trey Lance has no chance back there. Remember, I mean it was like catch a snap, and then the guys were back there. And I was like, damn, like if you don't throw it right now, it's over. And he was kind of fighting for his life out there. But the receivers were out there for those starters. The, the receivers were out there for a drive or so, if I remember correctly. But then after that, they kind of came out. He tried. He wanted to. Uh, Kyle wanted to keep Trey Lance in there, but they they really just could not protect him. Yeah, I, I do remember so, that. I don't think you want to deal with that with Brock Purdy. It's like, hey, you know, week one, hey, we're confident. Our guys are hundred percent right now. We would love to play him just so we can kind of get that live action. But man, I I, I don't you know. Do you, how much do you trust these tackles? I've always always thought that really the time frame needed to be, and and just listening to Kyle Shanahan talk about Brock Purdy is a a full week of practice before week one. So it wouldn't even have to be the final preseason game, but at some point, maybe that week or uh, right there where he can come in, you're hundred percent cleared. Boom. You can practice a full week, get ready for week one. And and two weeks now though, right? But yeah, there's that extra week in between. So you don't you you would get plenty of time there to practice. But if he could get a preseason game in, I'm sure that'd be helpful for him. I'm sure that'd be helpful for Kyle to make a decision. They'll do the thing where Trey starts the first preseason game, Sam Darnold starts the second preseason game, and then Brock Purdy starts the third preseason game, right? I could totally see that happening. And it's a true competition, but is it really? No, you know why you can't do that? Why? Because as much as you know, and I believe in what Brock Purdy is, he is a gamer. I wouldn't want I don't I wouldn't want him to have a stinker. You just like, wouldn't want to show it. Right. Yeah. It, I would it's, not want to show that yet. Like if he's gonna have a stinker, let it be week one, but we have our defense that can back him, you know. I don't want him to get into a game where it's just like, man, he hasn't really and when I say a stinker, it's because I mean like just live, like things that a thousand miles an hour and having to be more of an anticipatory thrower and all that, uh, you know, even though it's preseason, still it's like, man. I haven't felt this really yet because I just don't have a whole lot of live action. So I, I just, I wouldn't want for as much confidence as they have in him. And I, and I believe week one, he'd hit the ground running and be fine, but you can deal more with the stinker week one and say, Oh, well, I mean, he's coming off of an injury as opposed to you put him in the preseason and depending on how the first two guys look, if hypothetically speaking, let's say Trey Lance has what we saw against Green Bay Packers. Whereas four or five, even though, you know, there were some little off targets or whatever, but he completes four out of his five passes and a 75-yard touchdown. And then, and I think he ran for like a third down, a first down, like third down or something like that, right? So you have that. And then Sam Darnold comes in, he plays well, whatever. And then Brock Purdy comes in, who's the guy, you're like, oh, that's the guy. And it looks weird. Yeah. I, I don't, I, if I'm Kyle, I don't want that. <laughs> so let's just hold off. Uh, uh, like that's what I would say. Is it okay? Would it be worse for him to look rusty in the preseason finale, or to not have his timing with T.J. Watt coming off the corner against <laughs> Colton McKivitz in Week One, which is what got him hurt, not getting rid of the ball on time. 
It, 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 I, earlier I asked, have 49er fans watch TJ Watt? I, now, listen, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but I don't know if anybody forces more fumbles hitting quarterbacks' arms in the pocket than TJ Watt. He's got I feel like he's always forcing fumbles. He's always doing something. Got these crazy condor arms. He can beat you with speed to power. He can beat you around the corner. Gosh. And actually, I take it back. I, I keep talking about Colton McKivitz. It's actually going to be, what, Cameron Latou blocking uh, <laughs> by himself, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, nah, man. I, I just, I, I don't want to play him. I mean, Lots you want to just because, you know, you, you want to get that. You know, you want to get that, uh, start to get things going in the right direction. But, man. I would rather him stink and get some timing and, and play a preseason game if he's cleared. L listen to this. And you just right. have to come out and drop a couple uh, short balls out, off. You know, it's like, hey, just get the ball out quick, whatever. Just to, just to feel the timing of the game, feel an actual defense against him. I, I think that would be more helpful than jumping in against TJ Watt in week one with without any playing time. So I have, I have TJ Watt's numbers pulled up. In front of me. All right. We've been kind of hyping him up and the type of edge rusher he is as it pertains to just Brock Purdy first. And you line up and that guy's across from you. Yeah. How many, we'll say out of his career, he's played six seasons. What mm. do you think the most forced fumbles in a season is for him? Oh, well, shoot. Last year, I know he was hurt half of the year. Yeah. He was hurt um, a lot of the year. And then he was defensive player of the year before that 22 and a half sacks. 22 and a half sacks. I think he had 20 the year before that too, right? 19, uh, 15, 14 and a half, 13. I mean, he's had a lot, but yeah. 22 and a half was his best. That's like a lot of sacks. I mean, like if you have, if you have like four forced fumbles in a season, that's a lot. He's had, first of all, over six seasons, he's had 23 forced fumbles. And, and that's with him not playing a full season last year. He, in, in one season, year he's three. averaging almost four a season. Year three, he had eight forced fumbles. Whew. So year two, he had six. Year three, he had eight. Uh, and then in the defensive player of the year season, he had five. So, I mean, this is a guy who's <laughs> – he's when he's coming – and again, I'm only – you see those numbers, it's whatever, but I'm only worried about it because of Brock Brady's arm. Now, again, you can hit anybody's arm and it can, it can get hurt. But – how or is your arm more or less? And I don't know. We can, we can get Coach Desi on here to talk about it. But is your arm more or less susceptible to be re-injured after kind of having that injury to his elbow? Uh, supposedly not. That's what Kyle said, that there's no – once he's 100% cleared, you don't have to worry about the arm strength. You don't have to worry about the the risk of injury, apparently. Okay. So okay. I don't know. We'll see. He's not, he's not the biggest guy either. And we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not like you have to have the same injury every time either. <laughs> uh, so next, let's talk a little bit about Trey Lance. Does he even have a shot? And uh, some, some of the clips from him in OTAs next. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. If you're not an everydayer, make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast make sure you check out the peacock and williamson nfl show myself and matt williamson former nfl scout former espn scribe coming at you every day here on the locked on podcast network covering the entire league kyle shanahan loves the the wide the wide stance drill the wide base drill where they're over the over the pylons and stepping 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 and throwing and there's a, a now semi-viral clip of Trey Lance at OTAs doing that and airmailing, uh, you know, somebody who's 
catching footballs on the side in a t-shirt. Uh, I don't know what his job is or what coach or uh, equipment person that is on the side. But, you know, I feel and, like they have a lot of guys that kind of they all look kind of the same. And yeah. they're all just out there like catching a lot of balls or they're running around with the beanies on their head. Uh, mm -hmm. You want routes on the air when it's the coaches doing it. It's kind of like this uh, crew of guys where it's just like, all right, this is your job. You know, catch the balls and and act yeah. like Steve. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Good. Corral the balls and bring it back to us. And so um, and obviously I, I can't take anything from a, a clip at, uh, in some drill in OTAs and people are making a big deal out of it. But what's interesting is isn't that sort of the the base that the the new coach the throwing coach he was working with was trying to get him away from doing that like this i, I wonder if kyle's because kyle loves it he had jimmy doing that all the time he has all of his he's talked about that's his favorite drill, drill for quarterbacks is keeping that wide base and keeping your feet moving keeping them under you wide and ready to throw and snapping it off with your upper body but that was what jeff christensen was working with trey lance to do less of i thought and and this is how it 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 ties in with Jimmy Garoppolo because I went back and watched Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 when he just showed up at the 49ers had that five game stretch and man he had so much he had so much more in his lower half he was more athletic he was getting out of the pocket making plays the way the ball came out of his hands it just seemed like more of his bottom half was in the throws and a little bit more on his throws and I thought man the injuries really took something out of Jimmy Garoppolo but now that I think about it I wonder if if and Jimmy was always like a really quick snap thrower with his upper body anyway, but I wonder if working with Shanahan made him even more that way. And I wonder if it hurt Jimmy in some ways with the way he threw the ball. Uh, and I'm so, not saying, like, look, I don't know. Like Kyle Shanahan, I'm not saying he doesn't know how to coach quarterbacks, but I'm saying it's just really interesting when I look through it with that lens. Like, I wonder, I wonder if there is some sort of a disconnect depending on who the quarterback is, what they're comfortable doing. And Kyle's trying to make everybody this one thing. I think there is a figuring it out process with, with, with that, regardless, right? It just, you know, getting it to be more of a natural movement for you, more muscle memory. Uh, and you talked about Jimmy Garoppolo doing it and then trying to work on those things. And I would love to see, you know, before the injury, he played two, in, two games in three quarters, right, in 2018. What did it look like then? And there were struggles there. Right, like we're not talking about a Jimmy G who was on fire, no. uh, you know, throughout the five games, did his thing, ball, made the throws, looked good, twitched up, all that stuff. And then, oh, yeah, week, you know, week one, 2018, the very next year, like, oh man, he's just firing on all cylinders. Well, he kind of played like crap, <laughs> right? I mean, the, the, the Vikings game threw three, three interceptions, one was a pick, six, uh, you know, the Lions game. He threw a pick at the end of the game. I mean, even then, he wasn't lighting that game up. I was there with my buddy who's a Lions fan. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we about to lose the Lions? And then, obviously, you get destroyed by Kansas City. But Yeah, they weren't winning still that a game, lot of, got hurt or not. When, when he started playing his best in that Kansas City game was when he was just like, we're getting blown out. I'm just going to let it rip. Yeah. It was like, damn, they that's more the best version. Which is what it looked like in 2017, too. In right. 2017, it was amazing. Like, I'll never forget that because the 49ers were awful. They were the worst team in the league. Couldn't win a game. Bad quarterback play, terrible receivers. Jimmy Garoppolo comes out there and he's like, oh, it's not that hard to play quarterback. Here's what you do. That guy's not open. That guy's not open. Read number three. Oh, he's open. I'm going to throw the ball. It's, like, it's simple, right? Oh, my God. That's what playing quarterback looks like. I could not believe how simple it was. And it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the full Shanahan offense. But he never got better after that. So, I don't know. It's just it's I, 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 something I, that's, that sticks in the back of my mind. I've been crushed for saying that about like the quarterbacks not really getting better. 
by by people. But I will say this: as it pertains to Trey Lance, when you're working on new things, right? And maybe this isn't quite like new, but he has a lot going on right now. It's like, man, I just worked with Jeff Christensen. He has me doing whatever it is, fixing the the arm or maybe his feet or whatever. Then, okay. Then I get to OTAs and Kyle has me doing this bag drill, but man, like Jeff is saying, I need to be stepping like this, but then now greasy and, and Kyle are saying, I need to kind of step like this and I'm working on getting my front foot down, but then my arm and then whoop, a ball just air mills. And you could say, well, yeah, air mill, some passes before in practice and he did it again. And maybe that's the case. Uh, but it also could be working on something new. Now, again, I, I don't know. And I would have to see like, is that something that's been consistent in practice? And there are people that are there feet on the ground come on, locked on network. Can you get us there, please? But there are people that are there and, and they, they will know more than you and I with what's been consistent from them. I haven't heard that from anybody that I've talked to uh, and I'll reach out. I kind of have, one source in the building. All right. But I'll reach out and say, Hey man, like what has it looked like? And they'll give me an honest answer. All right. I usually, I don't use my sources too much. And they got to kind of pick and choose when you need to mm -hmm. use them. Yeah. Right. A lot of times I wait for my sources to just kind of tell me stuff. All right. But, uh, you know, what has, has that been consistent? And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. So again, it's not great, but I always look at everything as one rep, even if it's Mike McGlinchey, getting thrown to the ground, but he had 60 other plays that were good. Right. But he had that one bad play that really sticks out. And for Trey, I think, you know, again, I don't know. I've seen him do the little back drill earlier. Uh, one of the first days that OTAs opened up and it looked good. Doing the back drill, snapping the ball off, boom, he's accurate. And then boom, he misses one. Now everybody remembers that. So that could be it, but I, I don't know. Again, I haven't been there to know how consistent those kind of misses have been. We'll have to run that one by your guy, Greg Pinelli, too. Pinelli Passing Academy, by the way. You're wearing the hat right now for those folks PBA. watching YouTube. Uh, and, yeah, so it's funny because also the Niners probably don't want to show much. And, look, I don't think there's much to show in OTAs, but the days the media is there and there's people filming, I feel like it's always the same drills. It's the back drill and it's the rollout, right? I feel like that's the only drills I ever see from 49ers OTAs and, and practices. I saw someone um, post a clip of, and uh, gosh, I can't remember his name, but I just saw it on social media where it was Jimmy Garoppolo sprinting out and he just kind of misses a guy. And then the show Trey Lance kind of just like miss a guy. Uh, one of the ones that Lance missed, because there's two videos I just keep seeing with Trey Lance missing a throw. One was an overthrow to uh, uh, one of those guys to catch the ball. But it was a throw that I've seen him throw for touchdowns. So it's like, y'all worried about this. Throw that he missed in practice. We talking about practice, man. Uh, shout out to Allen Iverson, but I've seen him hit it for two touchdowns in the in the regular. I mean, in the season. Yeah. So it's not something that I'm not. When it comes to trade, that's not what I'm worried about, right? Like what I'm worried about is, is he throwing with timing and rhythm? Uh, you know, how is he seeing the field? Is he starting to see the field the way Kyle wants him to see the field? You know, is he letting it rip? Because you hear about the conservativeness really from both quarterbacks, and it's like trade. <laughs> you, you got someone on the line here. You're, you're just you're gonna hand Purdy the job, right? Like Purdy, obviously, it's like his job to lose, but don't make it easy. And unless you come out and you're letting it rip and you're making these throws, you're gonna make it easy. Like why the check down? So those are the things that I care more about than a bag drill when they're working certain things. Like that, that stuff does it. And then that that's the that's the fan part. I think 
where, you know, it's just, you know, fans want to eat everything. But to me, everything works in like progressions. And it's not so much that like an individual drills that I'm looking at. It's really more so like, man, I would love to see him in seven on seven. I would love to see him in team. I would love to see him in the huddle. How is he commanding the huddle? You know, is he looking the guys in the eyes? Do they believe in him? You know, uh, how does he interact with his players after a drop? I heard there was three drops. Uh, he, he threw three passes that had got dropped the other day. You mm-hmm. know, how does he interact with them? Hey, man, hey, that's on me. Or, hey, I got you. I'm going to come right back to you. You know, those are the things that I care more about than seeing a pass be overthrown to some random uh, coach. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him make throws. I know what he can do physically. It's all neck up for me. Like, when do you have a grasp of it? When, you know, are you leader of men? All those things. I think that's really the important thing. And it's hard without a lot of reps to be able to do that. He talked about having to, you know, see like kind of like a sports psychiatrist or something. Mm -hmm. Right. What, what went into that? And then how, how is he coming out of that? You know, like just in a sense, what's he getting out of doing that? You know, did he lose his confidence? Like, those are the things that I want to focus on more with him just throughout this process of, you know, what is potentially could look like for the regular season for him. Do, you talked about, does he have a chance? And sure, I mean, yeah, like if he's okay, not going to have a chance. Uh, okay. If he doesn't have a chance, it's not going to be because of a bag drill and he overthrew a, a coach. Like that's not going to no be TAs. right, right, right. Like the, uh, the the competition really hasn't sped up, and and it won't really get going until a little more live bullets are flying. At least a couple preseason games, and there's going to be at least two preseason games with no Purdy, uh, and you know obviously training camp, and then just the whole vibe of how they've all worked and and how comfortable the coaches are with the work that those guys that Donald and uh, and Trey Lance have put in. Let me ask you this: yes or no question to end it, Croc. If on the Mayoko timeline that he laid out today. If that, you know, 24 weeks from surgery, which is less than six months, if he hits right on that, uh, August 21st, he is cleared right before that third and final preseason game. No matter what Trey Lance and Sam Darnold do, do they have a shot to win the job? No. Ah! It's it's nearly impossible in that case, right? It's nearly it's impossible. Near, it is nearly impossible. Like, wh- how awesome would Trey Lance have to look in camp in those first two? Patrick seasons? Mahomes Jr. Right. He would have to be pretty damn amazing. And I don't project him being Patrick Mahomes Jr. <laughs> so, but that again, that's still the most aggressive timeline. That's everything goes perfect, no setbacks, and his arm snaps back to where it was before. And so we'll find out where that is. And I don't think the expectation still, I think people should chill out and be like, okay, you know, somewhere week or so before the pre before the regular season starts. Um, that that's still on the aggressive side for Brock Purdy. So we'll see where they're at. And, and maybe Trey Lance could show enough that if there's any question about when Purdy is going to be cleared, that it buys him a, a game or two into the regular season. That's probably the best case scenario for Trey Lance right now. Trey Lance's best case scenario was Purdy starting off on some type of pup list or, or something. Right. Yeah. And I don't see that happening. So like, that, was his best. that was his best trade somewhere with, with no Purdy. And no Darnold. Or and here's the thing. He still might get traded now, right? Would he? It, I guess, you know, we'll save that. We got a Winky Wednesday coming tomorrow because if that scenario happens, then what are we talking about? Are the 49ers really going to roll with three franchise quarterbacks into the season? 
So uh, all that and more coming up on future episodes of Locked On 49ers. Appreciate everybody out there, all the everydayers. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. Subscribe to this video.